Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We are back for another episode of Mindful Medicine. Um, we have back on the show Amanda Jensen. She's Program Manager of Member Engagement. Amanda, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here again. Yeah, we just had you on last month, and this may be a recurring thing if we can get it fitted into your schedule. So I know you're very busy. So thank you so much for making time. So I wanted to share something really interesting that you developed here internally for MGMA. You recently, just this week, you facilitated a program for MGMA employees. Um, you touched on topics of both Black History Month and the topic of health equity. And I just wanted you to kind of give our listeners uh, where the kind of the origin or kernel of that idea came from. Yeah. Um, well, first things first, I want to back up just a just sure. to, um, and say, I, I really wish that there were an MGMA staffer who's black working specifically in the DEI space at MGMA. Um, because as a white woman, there is a lot I don't know. Um, and speaking on behalf of other cultures and demographics certainly has a fine line. So um, the the first thing to s- discuss here, I think, is I, I definitely told folks who joined our recent session that I remain really focused on learning with my fellow colleagues, especially since a lot of us are white and privileged. Um, it's also important to mention that the work I'm doing within my role at MGMA is DEI education for people, uh, those who are interested in it. Um which is very different than DEI organizational strategy. So just wanted to to touch on that yeah. real Thank quick. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then to answer your question, um, Black History Month is, is very important and Black history is American history. Um, so I really think that we should be learning about it all year, especially as so much of it is left out of traditional history education. And Black history is not just about the enslavement of Black people and civil rights. It's also about how current injustice is informed by the roots of historical racism within our country. And it also includes a focus on advocacy and achievements and celebration of culture. Um, And it's also about ensuring that we are listening directly to Black people. So I really try to, in any education that I am helping to facilitate here, help steer folks um, back to back to that, that we should be learning directly from people who are offer, offering those resources. So I certainly hope that after people uh, listen to our to our talk today, that they also look into resources and uh, learning created by Black people. So that's kind of the background. Okay. So that was the background. So you had, it was, I'm going to get you to talk about the design a little bit and how you looked at that. And uh, full disclosure, after we were done, I walked over to you, as you may recall, and said, were you a teacher at some point? Because you just have a very, and I mean that as a compliment, because both of my parents, uh, they're both retired, but they were teachers. And so there is just a, a real professionalism and an ease in which you engage an audience that I am learning from. I want to keep <laughs> taking a lot of notes when I see you do this, because you have a real... Uh, I, I don't know, in ease about it. And you just have it in a very uh, uniform way in which you share the information. So let's talk about the, the, that then. You designed this program in a certain way. Talk about the design of it and how you went about that. Yeah. Well, thank you for the teacher compliment. I think I used to teach preschool and 
honestly, that that uh, that bodes well for a myriad of things, including right. any kind of instruction with adults. So um, there for this particular particular session, there was a lot of important territory to cover. And so I wanted to touch on Black History Month, health equity and black maternal health. They're all massive subjects, especially for one session. So I decided to guide us through some touch to, touchstone opportunities of where to begin, really. Um, so I designed this learning session to provide some background for folks on how to learn about these aspects and also walk them through an activity of how to ensure that your opinions and beliefs are based on current research and findings. So we started the session with a mindful moment with you, actually, Daniel. Uh, yeah, you you did a great job of guiding us through a, a calming meditation. And I had asked you to do that to, to provide a, a an opportunity for folks to have a calmer mind. Um, because what we know about learning is that people learn best when they do have a calm and centered mind. So that was a great addition um, to this session for sure. I then continued with some education on the importance of Black history and recommended that folks um, regularly learn about Black history outside of this month and seek out especially lesser known Black history. And then the activity that I utilized was an example of how to develop a more comprehensive and educated opinion. So the room was set up for people to sit in groups of four at small tables, and each table had a different article that addressed uh, Black maternal health. And I asked folks to read the article at their table and then discuss the main points in their small group. And then finally, we shared those main findings um, out with the whole group. So what they what they learned or started to explore with this exercise was that usually one article or one piece of evidence, even when it's from a vetted source, cannot form a fully educated opinion. It really takes time and effort to do that, especially with a huge topic with so many layers like black maternal health and mortality. So um, but it is a major factor in improving our own education and affecting um critical conversations for the better. It's also the only way that we can begin to affect change is beginning with that learning. Yeah. And I wanted to comment on that because I was at one of those tables. The uh, document that I, we had in our group was a lot of statistics. They were those kind of eye-opening statistics. Um, mm -hmm. They can kind of connect with you on an emotional way as well when you see some of the disparities. But then as we started talking about it, and this is the way this was printed out. I mean, it wasn't, it was the source you you gave us. I, I believe it was from the CDC. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it didn't provide a lot of context, I guess, is the way we took from that. Um, and when we started to discuss, we could quickly see that we were bringing in already our preconceived, you know, notions or opinions about the topic rather than what was actually in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to address that to you. How do we um, not come in uninformed, but you mentioned that I led a, a mindful practice and one of the uh, precepts of mindfulness is to come into things with a beginner's mind, um, mm -hmm. come in with an open slate, even if you already feel like you have a lot of opinions about a particular topic, but be totally open to what is there in this conversation, in this moment. I wanted you to address that because you did set us up in a way where we would uh, be able to discuss this topic. So what do you do where you can just 
really engage with the uh, content that you have or the people that you're talking to rather than, boy, I want to get my point across that I already have these feelings about this topic. Right. That's a great question. And you brought up some excellent points in our session. I think um, one of the time, one of the things that we talked about in our last um, discussion on the, when I came on the podcast the first time was the importance of, again, having that grounding and that mindfulness. If you're able to have an open mind, and it is so increasingly hard to do that in the day in which we live, but if you are able to have an open mind, which a lot of times just starts with developing a curiosity and, and choosing to maintain a mindset of, I don't know everything and I want to continue to learn, which means that I need to remain curious. So I I really recommend trying to get to a place where where you can um, have that mindset. And then the second thing with your point um, or your example of just those statistics that I shared from the CDC about Black maternal health is realizing if you have that curious mindset, hmm, okay, so this article or this data set is giving me some information, but there's some holes here. So Mm -hmm. I I need to pair this with finding another resource or talking to someone who's an expert so that I can continue to put together an opinion for myself that is actually based in current facts. It's a lot of piecing things together. It certainly takes some time and some effort. And again, like I said, maintaining that curiosity. But I really do believe that people are capable of doing this. It's just something that honestly in our day-to-day life is hard to find time for. And it's also a skill set that we currently don't teach about a lot. We kind of lose that after we leave childhood. Um, But it's certainly something, again, that we can do and that I believe that is just so important. Yeah, I love that. So in the remaining time, let's dig a little bit deeper. You did this in our in our discussion earlier this week, but you defined some things. We've been talking about these topics and some of our listeners may be going, I kind of know what you're talking about, but not exactly. So let's just get a, be- a brief background on health equity. What do you what mm-hmm. is that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, let's start first by describing the difference between equality and equity. A lot of times these words are used interchangeably, but they're certainly not. So equality is everyone having the same thing. And equity is everyone having what they need. So health equity specifically is defined as everyone having what they need to have fair and just opportunity to attain their best health. And so health equity requires the examination of social determinants of health and providing appropriate supports so that people when they have um, so people have what they need in order to access and experience safe health care. So this does not just automatically happen because of the injustices that still remain within America. Um, and so that's why this is something that's so important to talk about as well. Yeah. So you set the stage there. So let's take that deeper dive into it and focus the lens on Black healthcare inequity, Mm -hmm. what do we mean when we use those terms? Yeah. So there are a lot of things that factor into health inequities. One of them is lack of effective training for doctors and nurses when it comes to things like bias and trauma and those social determinants of health. So people experiencing healthcare inequity can have historical trauma. They can have lower income. They can have lack of access to food and housing and so on and chronic conditions. Um, so one's place in society greatly affects access to good healthcare, unfortunately. Um, and the sense of experience safety within the healthcare setting. So there are numerous marginalized demographics in America that experience health inequity, 
Black people specifically, no matter their socioeconomic status, often face that first factor, which is the lack of training for doctors and nurses. So during our educational session this month, we focused on the topic of Black maternal health and mortality rates. Um, and this is one of the many very dire factors in the existing health inequities within our medical system today. Uh, black pregnant people face a much higher risk uh, than white pregnant people for themselves and their children. And most of these risks are preventable. So recommendations for adequate care can include supports like black doulas and midwives, but these resources can be can be, be very expensive and inaccessible for people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you and I did talk right after the event this week. Uh, we talked about really where this started for you was a passion for it. You care about it. And so because of that, you do a lot of research. You spend a lot of time. You educate yourself, as you were saying earlier. Our listeners may be very interested in the topic, but going, well, where do I start? So do you have any tips, best practices? So just so our listeners can uh, be efficient in how they go about finding more information about these topics. Yeah. For, for people in healthcare, I highly recommend health equity education to improve the care that you provide for your patients. And we can go through some of the specific um, offerings that I've found that could be really helpful. But there's really numerous op options available. Um, the imperative thing to realize and understand is that health equity does not occur because of good intentions. It improves because of adequate education and access um, or action to decrease inequities. And it takes work that is not often provided within most traditional medical education. Um, this is also not just about a high moral calling, although it is, certainly is. Um, but when you and your staff are able to provide more equitable care, your outcomes are better. Your care is more effective and you save both money and time. So it is so essential that we care about what is happening for various demographics graphics within health um, inequities because we should be taking care of people effectively. Mm -hmm. But also this is about running your, your practice or your system better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question then. You shared some resources with us. I know one of them was a, a, a podcast that I want to get you to remind me what it is because I'd like to listen to it today as I'm walking in the mall, as I told you I'm about to do. So um, <laughs> What are some of those resources that people can go to if they want to just learn more that could be a podcast, a book, anything out there? What What's mm -hmm. out there for people? Yeah. So the podcast that I recommended to our group in our learning session this time um, was Black History for Real, uh, which is a newer podcast. And that's specifically, again, about Black history. Um, but for folks working in the medical field, again, there are, there are many options to explore. Um, the CDC offers a Foundations of Health Equity Self-Guided Training Plan. Um, the American Medical Association offers a resource to help create health equity champions within residency programs. Programs, which I think is is very impactful um, because you're you're catching the problem early, right? As folks are receiving that education, um, you can also recommend additional supports for your patients. There are many organizations doing great work. So, for example, when it comes to Black maternal health care. Um, the Black Doula Project provides free resources for Black birthing people. They do an excellent job. Um, a book that came out recently, I, I talked about this in our session as well. It's next on my docket. I've listened to, to several um, interviews with the author this month, but I haven't gotten a chance to read the book yet, and I'm excited to do so. But the book is called Legacy, A Black Physician Reckons with Racism in Medicine, and that's by Dr. Uche Blackstock. 
And Dr. Blackstock is a Black physician who shares very important insights from her own and then also her family's experience. And she pairs that really well with research and recommendations. So that's definitely a great resource as well. There's so many resources out there, but that's just a handful. Um, I would say whatever education you seek out, look for actionable items and take the time to apply them. And keep in mind that this is going to help you affect change. And it is also going to help you run your, your practice or your system better. So the world doesn't change with just intention. It, it changes with informed action. So I recommend, if you can, please do keep that top of mind. All right. Well, Amanda, thanks for the work you're doing. Um, and thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. Great to speak with you, Daniel. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Mindful Medicine. Again, thanks to Amanda Jensen. We are going to put uh, those resources in the episode show notes so you can click right to them. And thanks to all of you for being podcast listeners. Most physicians don't have the opportunity to learn the business of medicine. What docs don't get taught, Physician Business Training is a course developed by MGMA and administrators from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. This interactive course provides in-depth physician business training that can drive personal and organizational success. Purchase now for yourself or your organization at physicianbusinesstraining.com and earn eight hours of CME credit. Again, go to physicianbusinesstraining.com to purchase and to learn more.